Hi, welcome to Grace Intercept. The goal of this podcast is to help us have an increasingly clear understanding of grace. My name is Jerry Moldenhauer. Thank you for joining us today. This is part four of four episodes entitled, Denial of Reality, Reality of Denial. The part to this kind of a story that always is in the back of my mind is, but what if God did come through that way? Does he always come through this way? Is this how we should expect God to work in our lives? That's a part of the don't worry, don't hurry mindset, really, because we don't know what God's going to do or how he's going to do it or when he's going to do it. Well, since that time, I've had two different full-time jobs. So he does it however he's going to do it. It's hard for us to sit back and say, okay, God, do your thing, because that's not responsible. On the other hand, when we've done everything we can and we have nowhere else to go and we have nothing to offer ourselves, then what do we do? I think we were both genuinely in that place, especially January to about July of 2018, where we were incapable of anything but surviving right then. And we did survive. God took care of everything. And you mentioned before that this time in Saratoga where you had these epiphanies about God's love for you and a new deepened understanding of grace, that whole trip was financed by a friend. Mm -hmm. So even that was provided for us, that little getaway. So when the question is asked, well, where was God when all this was happening? Is that a legitimate question? You know, and what's so interesting is God was so there in so many tangible ways. And I think with you, there was a lot of really deep communication between you and God. And I've had seasons of deep communication between me and God. And I talked about that in a previous podcast. But I would say in this season, for me personally, the grace was the underpinning. The grace was the provision. But I wasn't having great conversations with God. It was not a happy, touchy-feely God time for me. It was just survival. Yet he was there, but he wasn't there in the same way he had been there in other seasons. I think it's just really interesting how God works with each of us because he is a friend. He is someone who loves us deeply and dearly, and he wants to take care of us. But he will let us do things on our own if we want. And when we come to the end of ourselves, he's still there. He isn't throwing us out saying, okay, you did it on your own and you didn't want me, so I'm out of here. That's not who he is. He's still there, even when we come to the end of ourselves. Yeah, I don't feel like I felt like I was doing it on my own during that time. I just feel like I was numb. I was just putting one foot in step of the other. And it probably sounds cliche, but that poem footprints, like there are these two footprints. And then for a while during, there's only one set. And the person says, God, where did you go? And he goes, oh, well, that's when I carried you. I suspect that's really what was going on, but it's not how it felt. So feeling doesn't determine grace. Just because we're Christians doesn't mean we don't feel the full impact of traumatic experiences. And what I was walking out on a daily basis was wondering if I would have you the next day or the next week. I remember trying so hard and asking God often, I don't want to look back and have squandered all this time by only being sad. I want to embrace every sweet moment that I can have with my husband right now. I don't know that I was always, you know, successful, but that was a mindset I was praying for because I didn't know how long I would have you. 
I didn't want my last, if it turned out to be my last days with you, I didn't want them to be nothing but gritting it out, taking care of business. I wanted to enjoy that soft look you get in your eyes when you look at me or, you know, even if I'm holding your hand because you can't see where the curb or the bump in the sidewalk is, but we're walking together, I'm holding your hand. I wanted to focus on I'm holding your hand walking with you, not on the fact that I was trying to keep you from falling. When we were in Saratoga and you were having these epiphanies, for me, the most profound experience that I had, and, and it was actually hauntingly beautiful to me. We had kind of walked around this little park near a river while the sun was beginning to set, and it was absolutely beautiful. It was nurturing me. It was helping me unwind from all of the stress and pain. I wanted to keep walking, but you didn't have the ability to continue. And, and you said, I can't go any further. I'm going to sit in the car. And I'm like, well, do you mind if I stand here on this bridge and watch the sunset? You went in the car and you laid back and closed your eyes. And I don't know if you fell asleep or you just rested, but I stood for a long time and I just watched the sun setting over the river. And it was really, really beautiful. But a sunset is an ending. And that night, for some reason, I couldn't let go of that day. So as the sun began to set, I got back in the car. You're still leaning back. You've got your eyes closed. I said, do you mind if I drive around for a while? And you're like, whatever. I just started driving, must have been west, because I was chasing the last glimpses of the light. And I just kept driving farther and farther away from this little town and and getting more and more into kind of an area where it was more country or wild area or whatever, chasing the light. I just needed to. I couldn't let that day in because I couldn't, I wasn't ready to say goodbye to you either. And I don't know why it was something I needed to do, but it was healing for me to do that, to keep chasing that light to not let go of that day, to not let go of my husband. And yet the night did come, and so did the morning. And so did the morning. <laughs> In this case, I was still there. It makes me think of one of the most impacting things of that Saratoga experience for us was how settling the security of grace is. No matter what happened, no matter if something suddenly happened to you, as hard as that would be, it was going to be wrapped in God's love and wrapped in God's grace. What we're talking about is real life and death kind of stuff. And it's very, very traumatic when it's facing the death side of it, because we don't want the good to end. We want to have that good continue. But we also know concretely within ourselves that this is an end of the season. It's not the end of life. That God's love, God's grace has provided beyond this moment, this day. And that day is brighter than the next that we will ever experience in this life. 
So I'm very thankful that we can absorb all the goodness and the grace and the love and the time together that we have with each other, but also know that there is going to come a time when it's over in this life. As much as we don't want that to happen because of all the good that we have and look forward to, we have something beyond. I can't imagine. Well, I can kind of imagine, but you can't really know until you've lived it. The pain of losing a beloved spouse. You know, so much of life done together. For you and me, it's been, what, 31 years. There are a lot of spouses who have to say goodbye after 60 or more years. Probably just as painful or maybe more painful are those who lose a spouse when they're young and they're still children. And I don't know why we still have been allowed this grace of having each other. I don't think it means we're more loved than someone who has lost. It's up to God, I think, these times and these seasons and when they start and when they end. And I don't look forward to that day at all. But I do have this inner knowing that I'm more prepared now than I would have been if I lost you in 2018, 2017, 2008. I do know God has been moving in me, providing more solid foundations than I've had before, getting things in more alignment within me. You know, I'm hoping for a whole lot more years. You're doing great right now. Every heart attack you have does send me into that reminder of how fleeting this could be. That next phone call might not be, hey, honey, I'm at ER and they are putting a stent in. That next phone call could be, he didn't make it. I do believe that when that time comes, if that time comes, if you do indeed go before me and if it is a heart attack, <laughs> I, I believe God will walk me through it. And I, I look at when your dad passed away. It was a grueling time because... We knew he wasn't recovering from this heart attack, but he lived, I think, almost a month mm -hmm. after that heart attack. And I look back at that, and I think it was grace, too, because your mom needed that long to let go. It was hard on your dad. He said to us at one point, I never knew it would be this hard to die. I remember he said that. And I could see him almost daily kind of pulling away more and more from us and looking toward his desire to go and be with his God. But the family needed the time to say goodbye. And we were, in God's grace, we were granted it. You're right. We have this wonderful thing as believers. We know. We have a confidence that the next thing for our loved one is way better. Way better. And that God's going to see us through too. One way that I can express that kind of underpinning grace that we've been talking about is an experience I had as I was reading Psalm 116. It starts in 2017. I was reading through this psalm. It just really impacted me, and I wasn't even really sure why. So I pondered the psalm for a while. It wasn't the whole psalm. It was just a selection of scriptures. And I wrote a few notes in my Bible about how it was impactful. And I put the date next to it, because I often do that. If something really hits me, I'll just, I'll just write the date next to it. Well, a year later, about after you had had this heart attack that almost took your life, I'm reading in the Psalms again. I notice this passage and I see the date, December 4th, 2017. December 4th is your birthday. And it was right after that birthday that you almost died. 
when I wrote the date, I wasn't connecting it to your birthday. I was just connecting it to that was the day that this passage impacted me. But when I found it again, I was like, oh, <laughs> let me read what it says. I love the Lord because he hears and answers my prayers. I'm reading from the New Living Translation, starting with verse one. Because he bends down and listens, I will pray as long as I have breath. Death had its hands around my throat. The terrors of the grave overtook me. I saw only trouble and sorrow. Then I called on the name of the Lord. Lord, please save me. How kind the Lord is. How good he is. So merciful, this God of ours. The Lord protects those of childlike faith. I was facing death, and then he saved me. Now I can rest again, for the Lord has been so good to me. He has saved me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. And so I walk in the Lord's presence as I live here on the earth. When I saw the date of your birthday next to this passage, that the month you almost died, that had impacted me so much, I just sat back in awe because God had truly saved you from death. You saw it closing in on you that day in the ambulance. You cried unto God. He saved you, and he saved the children and me. He saved us. Our tears, let's see exactly how to, how it reads again here. He saved me from death, my eyes from tears, my feet from stumbling. I know that God did that for me. He saved me for this time from this unthinkable grief and our children. That's grace. David had no idea who I was, but he prayed my prayer. And you prayed his. <laughs> and the Holy Spirit prayed it through both of you. Yeah. So that's grace, how God just wrapped that experience for me with him before and after when I almost lost you. That's beautiful. Thank you for sharing that. Paula, I'm very thankful for the time that we've had together. Not getting married until 40, you don't know how good it can be once it happens. It has been so good. I'm very grateful for that. Through all the difficulties, God has been so close to us and gives us much to look forward to beyond this life. I do look forward to that. And it's a life and death movie that we live out in this world, but movies come to an end. But there's a sequel that goes forever, and we can look forward to that. I look forward to forever with you. Me too. You're pretty nice to have around. <laughs> Thank you for being with us today, Paula. Thanks for asking me to share my side of the saga. It's important because other people live it too. We can support each other in that way. I think if there was parting words I had for listeners, it would be just to afford yourself the same grace that God has given you. When you go through these hard, heart-wrenching times, it may not look like you think it's going to look. In different personalities process in different ways. I have friends who would have walked through that situation and still said a whole lot of God is faithful, glory to God, and been sincere and meant every word. I probably would say that if backed into a corner, but at the time, that's not where my head really was. It was, God help, God help, God help, God help. This is hard. Please help me. I don't think that's any less spiritual. It just was my way. 
And I think we need to give ourselves and others grace to walk through pain in their way, whatever that looks like. God meets each of us individually right where we're at. He's right there for each of us, no matter who we are. We have a lot to be thankful for. This concludes part four of a four-part series entitled Denial of Reality, Reality of Denial. Thank you for listening today. My name is Jerry Moldenhauer, and this is the Grace Intersect Podcast. As we process grace together, please know your thoughts and questions are always welcome. Comments may be made at the graceintersect.com website or by emailing comments at graceintersect.com. Have a great day.